This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. We we uh, we named the cheese the Grevenbroeker. Um, this is Hendrik Bonen and his father Peter Bonen. They make cheese in the village of Achel in an artisanal cheese factory called Katharinadal. But um, when uh, a long time ago, there are three little villages here. It's uh, it's Hamond and Achel, and there is Lille, and they are all um, they are still here now. But one one little. Uh, uh, piece of land like like belgium so it's it's um uh, it's like a, a country it was a, a municipality little, yes it's it's the same as a uh, monaco or Liechtenstein. it was so really, it was autonomous yes it was yeah. autonomous but it must have been very small yes it was really small. so you have so it's it's Akel, it's hammond and uh, lil lil and three villages that are close together Yes, governed themselves yes. essentially and that was the grevenbroek yes and it was it was ruled by uh by, by grevenbroek uh, and that's why it, 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 uh, the name of it was, was Grevenbroek. So was it important for you to name the cheese with the identity of the location? Yes. It was, uh, for, for us it was important that we named it after, uh, after uh, Grevenbroek. cheeses is a blue cheese called the Grevenbroeker, named after an old independent territory around Ackel. Peter Bonen made the Grevenbroeker cheese for his wife, Riet Thijs, who didn't like the blue cheeses that he was making initially. He told her he would create a blue cheese that she liked, no matter how long it would be to make it. took him 14 years. My name is Brandon Kearney and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast. Not for Rit. Moeten we dat echt gaan vertalen? Do, do you want to heal? Uh, yes, heal please. Yes. yes, please. Ja. Ja. It's going to be a long talk. Ja. My my. Peter doesn't speak much English, so I've roped in his son Hendrik to help translate for me. You'll hear Hendrik mostly on the mic. Was enigste kind van zijn moeder. It was a long talk. But I wanted to ask about everything. This is a real fascinating place and, you know, the cheeses are wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
Peter de Bonin started making cheese when he was 13 years old at the family property here at number 5 on Gatharinadal Street. His parents operated a dairy farm, producing only milk and butter. Peter and his younger brother Bert helped on the farm. Peter's parents gave him an allowance of milk and told him that whatever money he could generate from the milk, he could keep as pocket money. Now rather than sell the milk or try to make his own butter, Peter began making cheese, selling it at a higher price than milk or butter and developing an interest in cheese production. The experience led Peter to study food sciences. His brother Bert enrolled for agricultural studies and the future of their family business was secured. Bert Bonin would inherit the dairy farm and Peter Bonin would open a cheese factory on site. Now, Peter met his wife Riet in 1989. Here, Peter pops out of the room to check on some of his cheeses and I take the opportunity to ask Hendrik about how his parents met. Where did your dad meet Riet? They met... Riet is from Overpelt. So it's... It's not the direction of Bochel, but it's the other one. Sort of, and um, it's it's 15 kilometers from uh, from Achel, and they met I think uh, when they went out, uh, but they both were quite well for their uh, they were 24 or 25 when they met each other, and then they dated for three years. But I know the the first thing uh, my father asked my mother was, "Do you want to stand in a store?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, yeah." Ah, okay, then then maybe I want to date you. He said. <laughs> so uh, he he already was uh, in 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 the back of his mind. He was thinking, "Yeah, um, if I, if I want to have a wife, uh, she she needs to to help me a little bit." So he was already looking for a business partner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> very romantic. Child yeah, life. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it wasn't that romantic. My my um, my my mother said <laughs> because she was she was a nurse and then she uh, she quit uh, being a nurse and then she she came to work for us. Was she a nurse in a local hospital or in yes, or in a in in, in Neigpelt. It's uh, it, it's you have Overpelt and Achel and it's between 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 those two. And how did she find going from nursing to selling cheese? Um, she really liked being a nurse, but um, she also really liked helping uh, here for for everything. It, uh, but it was also good that there was uh, a little bit of a, a female touch uh, at the company. It was it was uh, hardly needed. Uh, sometimes I, I hear <laughs> that you have people uh, who make this cheese, and that's really good. But uh, the presentation of uh, your store has to be good too, because. Uh, that's the first impression for for clients, and it's a, a really important one. Not that my dad was bad at it, but uh, my mother is definitely better at it. <laughs> Not long after Peter and Riet became a couple, Peter opened a cheese shop beside his cheese factory at Catherinadal. The building in which the cheese shop was housed was once a Franciscan monastery and was converted into a farm in 1895 by Peter Bonin's grandfather, Peter Johannes Bonin. Thank you.
The date of the new cheese shop opening was the 7th of September 1990. Important not only because it was the birthday of Peter's mother, but also because it would be the first day that Riet would visit Katharinadal. Peter had tried his best to impress Riet with the shop, and while she was charmed by his endeavours, she saw it could be something more than it was. A business partnership formed at the same time as a romantic one, and soon Riet was running and managing the cheese shop. Peter and Riet went on to be married in 1993 and have two sons, Hendrik, now 25 years old, here doing a, a great job of translating his father for me, and Jan, now 26 years old. After Riet took over the running of the cheese shop, Peter began making and selling a blue cheese. Now, blue cheese is produced by adding cultures of the mould penicillium to a cheese before or during ripening. It's a mould that gives blue cheese its spots or veins, adds kind of greener blue colours. There are several famous blue cheeses. Gorgonzola from Italy, Stilton comes from England, um, Roquefort uh, comes from France. All are rich, creamy and pungent. One of the bacteria responsible for the smell of many blue cheeses, Brevibacterium linens, is the same bacteria that causes foot odour in humans. Peter Bonin's first blue cheese was a traditional one in the style of the, the French Roquefort. Smelly, tangy, salty. But this blue cheese did not sell in the shop at all. And Peter was perplexed. When he investigated, Peter discovered that Riet was refusing to sell the new blue cheese to customers, deliberately excluding it from both cheese tasting planks and the cheese assortments that Catherine Nadal offered. When Peter challenged Riet, she told him that she didn't like the tangy and salty flavours of the blue cheese and that she wouldn't sell it in the shop. And so Peter vowed to create a new blue cheese that Riet would like. So normally, normally a blue cheese will have lines. Yes. Whereas this one has, has a different... We're tasting the Hrevenbrucker now. One of the key traits of this cheese is that it's made from the milk of cows owned by Peter's brother Bert. The cows Bert keeps are an obscure variant of the Meuse Rhine Eisel breed of double purpose cow. The variant breed is known in Flanders as Rodebont or red fur. The milk from a Rodebont cow is of a much superior quality for making cheese than milk from cows such as the Holstein, which most farmers are using in Belgium. Most farmers don't use the Rodebont because it has a very low yield of milk and it's quite inefficient and costly on a farm. But the milk from the Rodebont has got a much higher average protein content and a much higher average fat content. It's part of the reason the Gravenbrucker is so soft and creamy. A 
Another key element is that instead of injecting the blue mould into holes in the cheese, Peter Bonin wanted a different way for the mould to grow and spread in the cheese, one that was slower and more organic. So he came up with a new technique, stacking. If he stacked the curds gently on top of each other in a precarious puzzle, without pressing them or putting too much weight on them, the blue mould present in one of the cheeses would eventually find its way naturally into the other cheeses in the stack. There would be no need to pierce and inject each one with blue mould. As a result, the flavours are less tangy and a bit less intense. Now the texture of the curds has to be perfect for this to work. Soft and moist enough that air can enter and bacteria can spread across the stack, but not so soft or moist that the cheeses can't properly be stacked on one another without them collapsing. The curds are exposed to the air for two months, after which they're then closed up on the, on the exterior. So the way you stack them, there's no piercing. No. So everything that's inside comes naturally from the way you stack. Mm -hmm. So you don't put pressure so that they don't block the air. Yes. They're lightly stacked so you can get the, the, the blue mold can travel through and create the veins. Yeah. Wow. So do you have to change the stacking a lot or just leave it all the time? No, no, it's uh, once it's stacked, uh, we keep it that way. But uh, it's we really have to uh, put a lot of time in it because normally you just put the cheese in it, you you, you press it and you um, put the, the, the blue uh, anting in it. But now we have to look, all right, it can be too dense, it can be too, too white. So it's a lot of work to make uh, the cheese. It's, it's a lot softer than other blue cheeses. Mm -hmm. Like it's very easy to mm -hmm. eat. The appearance of the Ravenbrucker is very distinctive. It's got the familiar blue veins of other blue cheeses, but they're less defined and more meandering. Because the mould isn't injected into holes, but rather allowed to wander through the stack, it produces a dusting of patterns, a marble-like design, as on the walls of Rome's Pantheon or the domes of Agra's Taj Mahal. The Gravenbrucker would dress up any cheese board. Also, it doesn't have the salty, sharp, tangy, spicy taste of other blue cheeses, but rather it's mellow, rich, and creamy. You can taste all the depth and complexity of the blue flavours and it's got this kind of sweet soft character too. When Peter presented it to Rit, she loved it. Here you see, um, I just cut it. it, it's not blue yet but if you wait it will it will get blue if you if oxygen is. Uh, so how how long does it take uh, to I to make it? Maybe it's not thick enough, but I don't know if it's. You see, yeah, not blue now. And if you wait, you see. Mhm. Mm now it's already a little bit blue. After ten minutes, it's blue. And. This this piece is uh, a little bit too uh, small, but if you do a really big cheese, then you see a really good difference. But now you will see, now the difference is, is already big, but if you do it with a, a new cheese, it's, uh, it's day and night. 
I don't, um, I don't taste a lot of salt, but uh, maybe a little bit. Do you add salt to, to the milk or to the curd? To the curd. To the curd. And then over the The salt is, is, is a preservative measure as well as flavor, right? Yes. So it has two, two functions. Uh, yes, and also for uh, the crust. To form. Yes. And I mean, is it is it like a like a white table salt or is another special type uh, of sea salt? Sea salt, sea salt yeah. yes. Okay. Then Peter pulls out the extra. It's a new variant of the Hrevenbrucker, which you. is older yeah. and more intense. Now uh, the extra, it's very old. Um, it's not for uh, for heat. It's not for Riet. Without Riet, of course, the cheese would not exist. Which would be a terrible shame. Because it just so happens that the Grevenbrucker, the blue made for Riet, would go on to win one of the biggest prizes in world cheese. Part two, the Olympics of cheese. Well, um, I started my shop in, in 1982, which is almost four years now. So, This is Peter Verbruggen. He's the distributor and exporter of Peter Bonin's cheeses. The shop is, is local. Um, Beringen is not a very big town. We have about 80,000 people in Beringen living. Uh-huh. So um, we had a time to uh, plan... <clears throat> events, meaning by um, going to slow food event in Bra. Um, do you know slow food in Bra? I don't. Is that a, fe- a festival? Well, it's the biggest cheese market in the world. So it's organized by slow food, um, the opposite of fast food, um, okay. which started in, um, in Italy, um, let's say, 20 years ago. Um, it's quite popular in uh, in Italy and even abroad. So um, the idea behind slow food is to protect the region, to protect the producers, to protect the origin of the product. And cheese was uh, is one item, is the most important item that they use for slow food. So promoting slow food is meaning. You protect your region by protecting your producers, by protecting your DOP or AOC, as they uh, as, as they call it. So, yeah. And so that bigger companies, industry, won't copy your product, and that's the that's the goal behind slow food. So slow food is uh, we participated seven times in in Bra. Bra is a little town 
in uh, the, the neighbor of Cuneo. Yeah. If you uh, look on Google slowfood.it or com, you will find a lot of information. Okay. Thing is, we, we participated uh, last year, it's every two years. And uh, Americans came to my booth and asked me to ship or chase to the United States. And then I said, you have to help me because uh, I need an agent and blah, blah, blah. So um, they promised me to help me and they did. So starting from 2009, we are exporting cheese, Belgian cheese, um, with our company called, very simple, Cheese Made in Belgium. That's the company name. And mm -hmm. we distribute... Belgian cheese, artisan cheese, uh, in East Coast and West Coast, mainly. The thing is, we promote our Belgian cheeses, um, those who we collect from, let's say, North Sea side to the uh, uh, East Cantons. So um, we work with uh, several uh, small producers to promote their products. They're very thankful because of the, the extra sales I have. But for me, it is um, when we support those local suppliers, um, our future is guaranteed, you know. Um, if they have to stop, they had stopped because of Corona for a couple of months. So everyone is restarting their company, reselling, it's going upwards to, let's say, 80% of normal. So I hope. Yeah. So we shipped we ship about three pallets a week to the United States, only um, Belgian cheeses. And that dropped to zero during the corona. Now mm -hmm. we, are, um, we had three pallets last week. We have one pallet this week. So it's restarting, which is good. Um, it's for us good, but it's for the producer in, in, in particular also good uh, because of... Uh, um, they have a future, you know. If if we uh, if we sell in Belgium, that's it, that's okay. When they have some extra sales, uh, for example, for the United States, that's uh, that's a guarantee for the future to to keep on selling and especially keep on making good chains. We had a shop for more than 25 years when we started to export cheese to the United States. So I know these people. I these these are my friends, you know. They. We, we, we talked with them and we asked, is there any opportunity to, for us to sell your cheese in the United States? And they were all very enthusiastic. So. so Peter Verbruggen tells me he's also a Zitoloch, a kind of beer sommelier accreditation here in Belgium, and that he has adopted a very simple system of beer and cheese pairing for his shop called 12345 which he designed to help consumers understand how to pair different beers with different cheeses and to assist them in making decisions in a clear way. So, one, two, three, four, five. I uh, had a selection of beers, uh, which is called one, two, three, four, five. Um, because um, to make it very simple for the customer, we have five families in cheese, so the fresh, mostly goat or cheap. Then we have the bloomy, the washed, the semi-cured, and blue. 
In fact, you can go to 40 families, but that's much too difficult for the customer. So if you mm-hmm. start with one, you have the freshness, the sourness, yes. Um, two is a little bit the bitterness and the fungi taste in your nose. It's mm-hmm. retro uh, nasal, as they call it. Um, we mostly uh, eat with our nose, not with our mouth, but with our nose. Thirdly, the washed rinds uh, are a little bit salty. And then the aged, uh, the pressed, uh, the aged cheeses stay longer in, in your mouth. And the blue cheeses can also be a little bit salty. So the first beer, so the five families, we call our beer one, two, three, four, five. It's very simple. On every cheese, there is a label with the name and the number. So customers, clients can see, oh, I have a one, I have a two, I have a three, and I have a four and a five. So I choose beer one, two, three, four, five. Starting with uh, a Creek Gur style, for example. Very mm-hmm. sour. Your cheese is sour. Sourness opens your stomach and sweetness closes it down. So the first one uh, is a Gur style with Creek. The second one is a Saison style because of the bitterness. The third one is a triple style because it has a little bit of sugar. The fourth beer is an amber-colored beer, and the fifth is a dark beer with a little, little sweetness, like let's say Chimay Five or Roquefort, Rochefort. And so, in, in we learned very easily people how to combine cheese and beer. That was the idea behind it. Now. Uh, they say wine has about 500 aromas, uh, beer has about 1,000 aromas. Because with this uh, course of zytology, I want to know how is beer made. So the yeast is important. Yes, um, the dry hopping, the hops are important. Is it uh, is it uh, um, the, the, the material, is it roasted, is it fresh, is it... Uh, so you, you can go in one unbelievably difficult ways to, to make beer. It's always a surprise when your beer is finished. So it's when it's an artisan beer, it's not twice the same, you know. Uh-huh. But, but people are not familiar with the taste. So if I explain them, we have five families in cheese and five families in beer, but it's, it's expandable, so you can... You can choose 7, 10, 15 different types, but it, it's a start. I mean, start with five different types of cheese and five different beers, and you will have an, a very nice pairing. And if the, if, the, if the pairing is not perfect, it's no problem. The thing is, everyone is drinking red wine with cheese. If you have a, a brie type, it's not good with red wine because of the tannins. The, the sourness in the cheese and the sourness in, in, in the tannins in the beer is not a good combination. If you have a Sauvignon, a, a dry white wine, it's no match with the, with the, with the aged uh, Goudao, 24 months, for example. So uh, mm-hmm. the cheese is too strong for the, uh, for the wine. If you have beer, you have to make a good choice. What, with what beer do we start? You start with a beer with freshness, openness, uh, a little bit fruitiness even. Uh, but then we have the, the combination of the different types and you, you, you end your blue cheese and, for example, uh, 
uh, a dark uh, beer, you have a, a wonderful match, a wonderful pairing. It starts with A and it stops with uh, it starts with one and it stops with five. But it's no, just it's, to it's, give an idea of. Uh, it's a great system actually yeah and it for for a customer who doesn't want to be intimidated by too much kind of information or too much division of of styles you know you have to you know explain the difference but you also have to keep it relatively simple so that they're not intimidated and they're not put off yes. from being being excited about yes. you know the, the different options well we have different styles so like um, we have uh Go styles. We have the the pills. The we have the, the fruity beers. We have the we have the trappist beers. We have a lot of a lot of uh, huge variety of beers. But it's it's difficult for for people to to make this choice. What beer and what cheese do we do we uh, pair with each other? And that's the idea behind yeah. one, two, three, four, five. In 2008, Peter Verbruggen and his friend Luc Calabot were preparing for the National Cheese Masters competition in Belgium and they were on the lookout for new cheeses. And how did you find out about this this Catherine Nadal? Did you just hear about her and decide, oh, I better go and visit? I never, I never, never, ever met him. Uh, I just uh, took my car, uh, drove to this uh, to Catherine Nadal and then we had a <coughs> meeting with, uh, with Peter and... Uh, um, the thing is, some of my colleagues didn't like the cheese, and they said, "No, it's nothing special, etc." Blah blah blah. Why uh, not? What was the, what was the, what was their pro- their issue with it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was very soft and very creamy. Uh, people were used to I, maybe to the strong salty flavors of Roquefort. I don't know because it was the opposite of Roquefort. It was creamy. It was uh, very soft. It was uh, cow's milk, etc. I was overwhelmed about the aromas. It was very soft, was very dense, it was, uh, it was perfect. It turns out that Peter's friend, Luke Gallabout, competed at the National Cheese Masters competition by presenting the Grevenbrucker. And guess what? He won. He won the title of First Cheese Master of Belgium. Largely thanks to this unknown cheese, the Grevenbrucker. As the first cheese master of Belgium, Calabout was invited to the Cassius Awards, the most important international cheese competition in the world, taking place the following January in France. Calabout asked Peter Verbruggen to come and present the Grevenbrucker for his country. So the Grevenbrucker would be competing against cheeses from all over, over the world, not just for Catharina Dal or for, for Ackel, but on behalf of the whole of Belgium. So, so, so the Cassius Award is in Lyon in 2009. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell, for people that don't know anything about that, like, is that an important competition? Well, it's the Olympic Games for cheesemongers, you know. Um, we had, there were 22 countries. Uh, we were one of them, um, but the French were very good organized. Um, but um, the one thing I I I would like I would like to win 
was uh, one of the, the things where you have to present a local artisan cheese for the jury. And then we uh, took the blue cheese with um, creme brulee um, and uh, Grevenbroeker. Uh, we had a, a Brussels waffle with uh, Grevenbroeker. And we had a lolly stick uh, with berries and uh, Grevenbroeker. And it was very nice presented. The idea came from Alex Cleves from Restaurant Videndum. And we won. So we went home um, with the idea we have the best cheese in the world. So the Ravenbrooker won in the category Best Original Cheese at the International Cassius Awards of 2009. The judges scored it 18.4 points out of a possible 20. It's one of the most prestigious and hotly contested categories where regionality and farm-to-table values are considered important. Given how much the international cheese community obsesses over finding hidden gems, the competition was intense and the achievement was real. I guess it's like winning a gold medal at the Olympics. We went back home um, from Lyon, Luc and myself. So we were in the car and I said, well, we managed to win the competition of the best cheese because you, we had to compete with Switzerland, France, um, England, Holland, Italy, the, the uh, whatever, 22 countries, which was, uh, well, what, it was huge. A couple of days later, it came on the news, on, on national television, so that Peter Bonn has won the, the, the first uh, prize uh, on uh, Lyon, that he had the best, uh, probably the best cheese in the world. It was maybe the best cheese in the world at that time on that place, you know. <laughs> for those uh, jury, members of the jury. The cheese is very, very, very soft. It's not salty, it's not, um, it's not coming into your face, you know. Um, he made this cheese uh, for his wife. And uh, as I always say, uh, happy wife, happy life. Eh? So um, <laughs> we, we, he made this cheese with uh, pieces of curds and how he makes the cheese is a secret, and I don't know, and I don't want to know because I want I can't tell anybody. But it's it's biggest the biggest uh, pieces of curds are um, placed into a mold, into a, fo a form, and um, it starts with five point five kilo, and it ends with four point eight kilo. So it's cracked. It will. Um, they have to, to uh, work for another 10 minutes on every cheese. There's a lot of labor for every cheese. But the penicillium glaucum, which is added into the milk, um, is, is actually uh, very... It's, 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 a, it's preserving the cheese, the salt as well. But this cheese be, stays very creamy, very soft. 
And if you look at this, you see this marble um, texture uh, outside of the, at the outside of the big uh, pieces of curds. It's always coloring blue, and that's why it's it's quite unique. You have a similar to the jersey blue from Willy Schmidt in uh, Switzerland. It makes the similar uh, type of cheese, which is quite small, but um, it's made with the milk of the Jersey cow. That's why it's called Jersey Blue. And it's similar in taste, but it's also very creamy. One of the the, uh, the nice thing about this cheese, if you make a cheese and it's still very creamy, it has a very nice buttery flavor after three months. Uh, it's. It, it, I think you are making successful cheeses. It's, uh, mostly cheeses are very becoming very salty. Um, some of them um, add uh, wine in, and, and, and I don't know what ever to to give the the cheese uh, its particular taste. But the Achelseblau is is particular because of the I think the quality of the milk, the making of the cheese, how it's made. Uh, and now it's preserved, so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of a kind. Part 3. Priorities. So naive when life was good, weather and palm trees. Back in the day, you were everything I need. But then along came a time when you crushed my dreams. Oh, yeah, you played me like a fool when you made me believe that the line between love wasn't thick enough to read. Oh, yeah, you see, we in the spare crime everywhere. You're selling false hope because you just don't care. Nah, uh, you just don't care. Nah, 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 you just don't, just don't care. Uh, you just don't still sell a false hope because you first uh, they had to uh, to go to a competition in Belgium uh, because um, only the winner from that competition uh, could go to the, the world championship for cheeses in uh, in Lyon so first they the first competition um, where they went with our cheese was wasn't in, in Lyon it was in Belgium so we're back at Katharinodal with Peter Bonen and his son Hendrik Bonen and the, the first time Peter... Uh, Do you know where in Belgium the competition was? Or, or? Where he was in Belgium? Um, we think it was in, in Name where the first competition from Belgium was. And um, Peter called uh, my father and he said, yeah, uh, we won. And uh, my father said, we won, we won what or who? Or, uh, yeah, we won the, the competition in Belgium to... Uh, uh, to go to to the world championship in Lyon. Ah, okay. Uh, and uh, what now? <laughs> so we uh, we didn't even know that we were participating, and then uh, yeah, then we had to go to uh, to to Lyon. <laughs> so cheese goes to Lyon. You probably forget about it, uh, or you're, maybe you're aware of it. But anyway, after the Lyon, Peter rings you again. Um, yeah, the, the second time, so when it was the, the World Championship in, in Lyon, um, then we knew that uh, we were going to participate and they asked my father, do you want to come with us? And we, uh, he said, yes, uh, I would love to. But um, a, f a few weeks before 
the, the competition was, uh, or uh, my mother, uh, Riet, his wife uh, got sick. Um, she she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So then we uh, said, yeah, we, we're not going to come. We're, uh, we're going to, uh, to stay home uh, and take care of everything here. That's, that's your mother? Yes. yes. And was she... It's okay. It's okay? Yeah. Yes. So what, what happened with that? Did, did she have the cancer removed? Yes. Yeah. She, uh, one, uh, one breast was removed and then she had a chemo and um, I don't know that in, in English, but it's uh, ra- radiation. Radiation therapy and chemotherapy. Yes. Yeah. And then... And then medicine and chemo. And then... Uh, uh, chemo, then radiation, and then another chemo um, was it. And then it was uh, uh, happily uh, for for everyone. It was it was gone then. So um, yeah, she's she's free she's, from she's fine. Yes, yes. And was that must have been also like a difficult period for the family, but also for the business. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So until when that ending is set. Yeah. So let's let's so 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 Peter. <coughs> You can't go because of the illness of your mother. Peter calls after Leon and says and tells you. Yes. What's your What's your reaction? <laughs> yeah, you're blind. Eh? <laughs> we, we were really happy. <laughs> yeah, my lungs now look out. Yeah, it's like a sickness. Yeah. I can't we we really enjoyed it and we were really happy but from the other side we still had uh, uh, it was a really busy year because uh, uh, yeah not only uh, uh, didn't couldn't she help at the cheese factory anymore but she also needed a lot of care to go to the hospital and back so it was uh, busy times for us then so was was Riet aware of the result of the... Ca- she was in hospital, I guess, at the time, or, or uh, was she home? So she's yeah. in hospital. Was she aware that you won this pretty important... Yeah, but she was echt. She she said she said uh, she was happy, but uh, she couldn't express that. <laughs> she was... Uh, uh, she didn't have uh, much energy at, the, at that time. She was sleeping a lot. And I mean, you know, obviously she was ill, and now thankfully she's better. Mm-hmm. Um, is she? Is she still? Is she mobile now? Does she? Or is, is it? Yeah, ev- everything um, is back to normal. She's uh, she's mobile, uh, but um, she's still really fast tired, so she can't work for a straight day uh, because that's. Uh, her body can't uh, can't work for for a, a full shift anymore. She has to m- take more time to rest. And she's proud, I guess, that her sons are now coming more involved. And, and yeah, yeah, because uh, then uh, she doesn't have to listen to my dad uh, only. S- now, now she can ask us something too, eh? because he is always gone. You see it. Eh? <laughs>
was there publicity? Um, yes. So, so Peter told me a lot. So tell me about in in the weeks after, who came or who who? Um, in, in Belgium, uh, uh, whole Belgium was uh, was exploded. Uh, not 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 for real, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was uh, the first. It was uh, no one t- thought it was. Um, it, it was going to happen that uh, a cheese from Belgium, a blue cheese from Belgium, was going to win in France, where uh, where they make uh, uh, normally the, the best uh, blue 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 mold cheese uh, in, in all the world. So uh, yeah, the, the, we had a lot of uh, yeah yeah. The, the media in Belgium uh, yeah, really liked it. Radio, televisie, alle gazette. And those that begonnen met blauwe achelen, omdat ik even boeken niet kon schrijven. En because um, there was a lot of uh, radio and television uh, um, people who wanted to interview us, and they um, then then was the first time the name of Griffenbroeker wasn't Griffenbroeker anymore, but uh, it was uh, Achelse blauwe blauwe achel, because uh, they couldn't write Griffenbroeker, and they needed something easier, and then they just made it Achelse blauwe, and that's where the, where the name comes from. Are you a little bit sad about the change of name, or the, because it's it's Griffenbroeker is your identity in the region? Achel is also your identity, but. Are you sad about the name change? Yeah, yeah. We we um, it, for 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 Achel we we didn't care because it was uh, we had uh, trappist Achel and, and cheese from Achel and blue cheese from Achel. There was still trappist from Achel, I think. Oh, yeah, well, there was still that. Yeah. Um, but um, from the other side, it, it's it's better if you if you can, could keep the name Grevenbroeker because it was not only Achel but it was then also Hamond and Lil and how, how bigger the region is of 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 the name of the product or where the product is known, the, uh, how bigger uh, other people want to carry it out because they are from Grevenbroek. They, it's 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 also their local product. Yes, if if you if we named it Katharina Dal, uh, it, 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 it all the people from Achel wouldn't say yeah, it's 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 our cheese. It's the cheese from Katharina Dal. Now it's the cheese of Achel, and everyone in Achel say yes, that's uh, that's our cheese. I, I still remember. Publiciteit is het beter. For publicity, it's, it's better to to have Achel because Gevenbroek. It's not uh, it's not like Catalonia. Uh, everyone in <laughs> Catalonia knows we are in Catalonia. I think if uh, if we go here and ask um, uh, Gevenbroek to the little children of five years, they don't know yet that it it was uh, a small piece of of of, uh, of land a long time ago. I still remember that we uh, had flowers from the governor of uh, of uh, Limburg when uh-huh. we won, and uh, then I asked my father, "Is it ah? Is it for uh, is it for Giet? Is it for my mother? Ah, no, it's uh, for for that we won. Ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, I d- I didn't know uh, that he he was going to send us flowers because we won some prize in France, but I was too uh, too. Uh, yeah, too little to to understand then. <laughs> uh, um, what was it like to be on Belgi- Belgian television? Uh, who was who found you to be on the Belgian television? Design? You were on national TV, in, in right? National TV. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ik ben er niet voor gemaakt. <laughs> he, he wasn't made for it. Ik moet toch even gewoon kom ze gaan terug. Maar dat is niks van mij. He wasn't made to be on television and um, he uh, 
when he when they interviewed him the first time he tried to to talk um as as clean as possible so we have a, a strong dialect here and um, but um the first time he tried to do it as good as possible but he they, he still got subtitled so he said from that day on i will never try to do it good again they will just sub- subtitle me anyway so i'm just going to uh, to do it in my dialect and that, but uh he's not the he didn't like to be on the television. <laughs> so he, he, when he spoke on, on the national TV about the wards and the cheese, he tried to speak in Alhemina uh, Nederlands, yes. like standard yes. uh, Dutch. Yes. And the TV, the national TV subtitled him into standard yes. Dutch so yeah. that people could understand in other yes. parts of Flanders. And, and he said, yeah, um, uh, they, they don't have to subtitle me because I, I try to, to talk as, as good as possible and everyone will understand me. But uh, then he, he saw that he was subtitled and he said, never again. That's not, not going to happen again. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so now if you hear him on TV, uh, he's, uh, he, he has to be subtitled. Uh, <laughs> The story of the Hrevenbrucker is one of a passionate artisan experimenting for years to create something special. It's an example of Belgium's incredible food culture and its recent reputation for excellent cheese. It's a tale of glory of a small producer winning big. And of course, it's a love story about the lengths people will go for those they care about. But it's also a reminder of our real priorities. No achievement can ever match the love of our children, our parents, our partners, those close to us. Peter Bonin will continue to make cheese and you never know what his next experiment might yield. And like you, you talked about um, veracing, surprise for customers and also new things to keep you interested. Have you ever tried something really experimental that <laughs> that was crazy or didn't work? Um, yes, he, he, a customer asked, he said, I'll give you anise uh, seeds and uh, you need to make cheese from it and uh, I'll buy everything you make. And so he made like one batch of cheese and it was, uh, it, was it wasn't good at all. It was uh, 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 disgusting. <laughs> In Belgium, um, bread we really uh, eat a lot together with cheese is uh, white bread with uh, resins in it so he thought <coughs> what what if um, if i just do the resins in the cheese they just have to buy normal bread and they can always eat bread with cheese and resins so he made a batch of cheese uh, he put the resins in it um, he uh, he made the cheese and it's like uh, we had to wait two months until it was uh, uh, until it was aged well enough and then when he opened it and he wanted to eat it all the the salt that you uh, put in the cheese um, 
went in the resins so it it, it were like um, if you ate them it's it's like eating a, a little bit of salt and uh, yeah the cheese was was not saltened yeah. but we did it and and the resins were really salty so we we don't know how it came but, but this is how you learn and you know make different cheeses yeah. then you, you know that aniseed and <laughs> raisins don't work <laughs> don't work <laughs> but no. then you know what works yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a lot of testing <laughs> ja het gekste wat we ooit gemaakt hebben was jij de kaas met aardappels schillen the, the uh, most crazy thing we ever made was goat cheese with um, um, pieces of, of uh, an apple uh, uh, rings yeah, with the, the uh, oh, wait, wait, um, uh, what, what is it called if you an apple the, the top side peel, of it? peel. You, you peel it and, yeah. and the, the, the skin of it from a potato so the, so the, 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 the skin of a potato the skin of a potato in, a in the cheese and the, uh, and in a goat it, cheese. Was in it goat cooked cheese. skin or just... Yeah, geblancheerd. Geblancheerd. In and out. And it was heel lekker. And it was... But niemand kocht it. It was really good, but no one ever bought it. <laughs> okay. It was echt lekker. That's experimental. We that I think that's that now well cool, but 30 years ago, I bought it. Well, that's the next Cassius Award. Is the, yeah. is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cheese, goat with the peel cheese of, with, uh, with potato peels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to Visit Flanders for their support in producing this podcast. And thanks to you guys so much for listening. My name is Brendan Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smart Podcast. Until next time. Eat some cheese and love what you do. Mm-hmm.